Uh, it is ambiguous and very deep in its meaning to me at the same time. Right. That's interesting. It's almost, as I said, it's like a code or a secret yeah. handshake yeah. that you got going. But it's, what's surprising is sometimes people do find those things. Oh yeah? Yeah, and I, would, I wouldn't, there's nothing like directly that says it, which is cool. Uh-huh. Do you feel like you're leaving like Easter eggs about yourself in your paintings? Kind of. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> Welcome back to Chris Dyer's Creative Friends, the super awesome podcast YouTube show where me, your artist friend Chris Dyer, gets to talk to all his super beautiful, interesting, creative friends. So this week, I am in Boulder, Colorado, and I'm visiting these old friends of mine, and this friend of mine is an amazing artist that I've known for almost a decade. His name is Jack Schur. He's amazing. I want uh, him to tell us all about who he is and what he does. How are you doing, Jack? Good, man. How are you? Woo! Very good. Yourself? Good. Nice. Seems like life's very blessed for you up here in the mountain. Yeah, it is. Nice. Um, let's start with uh, how we met, because I loved how we met. Do you remember? Yeah, of course. We were class companions. Yeah. In Italy. Yeah. We, we were, sat next to each other we for sat like next almost to each a month. Other. You were a totally different person back then. Was I? I think so. Well, Probably. you look different. I definitely look different. Yeah, you were like more full. Yeah, I was bigger for sure. And I, I had a lot of hair. You had a lot of hair. You're like a Grateful Dead bear in a way. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it was a really fun three weeks in the mountains of Italy. Do you yeah. got good memories from that time? Oh, yeah, of course. Remember that time you gave uh, acid to Jennifer M Michelle Long? No. No, you don't remember. <laughs> I don't think she remembers neither. <laughs> it, was a, it, was, it was a good time. Um, so I want to start with your own history. Uh, where do you grew up? Where have you lived? Have you, you know, where in Boulder uh, right now? I grew up like an hour or 30 minutes from here. Okay. What's it, what's it called? Uh, Netherland. Netherland? Netherland, yeah. Okay. Yeah. How was it? It's okay. It's pretty small. But, but it's pretty, it was okay. Yeah, and did yeah. you <clears throat> go to Colorado back then or Boulder or it was like a totally different thing? Go to Boulder? Yeah, yeah, quite a bit to go like grocery shopping and stuff like that. Did you live in other places other than Colorado between then and now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I lived in my car for uh, about, a, uh, about a year and I would like drive up and down the 101 and stay at people's houses. And so that was like California and Oregon. And I've also lived in New Mexico. Nice. What were you doing out there? It, where? In Which New one? Mexico, on the road, California. Uh, in California, I was just like, I guess you could say just like finding myself maybe. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, just being a young kid and kind of reckless and wanting to do something fun. Yeah, you were a Grateful Dead person back then. Well, you still are, <laughs> but were you a deadhead? 
Yeah, I guess I, I will probably, yeah. Tell me about it. What is it, what is it to be a deadhead? I gotta say, I love deadheads even more than I love the Grateful Dead. I, li I love the Grateful Dead and their music and got many of their records, but it seems like the deadheads are this whole other thing. Yeah. It's a very a, special thing. Yeah, I think it's special. It's a, uh, what does it mean? You're asking what does it mean to be a deadhead? Yeah. Like, I think it's it just you, like all, uh, people that have like pretty open-minded views about uh, things and they enjoy psychedelic music and, um, you know, uh, good weed and just like being around people that they care about. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just where I've met all my best friends mostly. It seems very like non-judgmental. Oh yeah. And that can be good and bad. Why bad? Because you can like, there are people that are have like things that they should probably you know figure out or evolve from but don't because it's such an accepting environment right like you're allowed to be a jerk for example or y yeah in a way not like a like they won't get any feedback if somebody's going around the dead lot uh, fucking shit up stealing it guys. happens a lot yeah yeah but with like a there's there's like uh, certain parts of the community that are really tight and they don't really let new people in for that reason. But then there's also like people that do do a lot of shit like that, steal and act crappy and sell and bad people drugs. People don't judge and, them? Uh, not as much as you would want them to almost. Wow. Because it's such an open environment. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. What have you... So this, this is like dead lot or something? Yeah. What is dead lot? It's just like uh, <laughs> a ton of hippies standing in a parking lot selling art or, you know, s sometimes weed or a bunch of different things. Before a concert or just randomly? Before and after. Okay. So it's kind of like a, uh, what's it called? Tail party? Like tailgate party or something? It is kind of like that. But it's uh, it's kind. It's also kind of like a flea market too. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> kind of roots. Is it, is it like the rule that Grateful Dead uh, fans can make their own merch and not get in trouble with copyright? No, or? they can. But people okay. do anyway. Oh. And I just think that like, there's it's such a, a big community that it'd be hard to like regulate. Because right. there are that many people making stuff with. Mm -hmm. And that's how they even fund going to the next concert, right? A lot of the time. Right. Unless they have real jobs and they go on the weekend. But like me and my friends, none of us had real jobs. We were just doing that. Uh-huh. Yeah. How did that shape you? How did that whole deadhead culture, what did it do to you as a young man? Humbled me a lot. In what way? Like, yeah. One way was would be like, I, everyone would be broke except yourself, and you know, in a culture where you're used to like maybe um, only watching out for yourself, like it, when you're all together and you want to go to the next show, like that person that has the money ends up paying the way. Mm-hmm. And you were the one with the money, you told me. Sometimes, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, and then other times I wasn't, and people paid my way. That's nice. 
It's cool. So it's very sharing, kind of rainbow gatherish, kind of burning manis kind of vibes. In a way, yeah. I think all those things like kind of spawn from the Grateful Dead and their music. Like, oh, really? Yeah, even like techno scenes or any scene that's like that, I think kind of came from them. Huh. In a way, they're the oldest version of it. Sharing culture. And not, not just that, just like uh, that just super expressive and colorful and some people are high and some people are low and it's just a really uh-huh. it's like a circus right totally. <laughs> and i think there's a lot of circuses that like happen because of what they created yeah that's awesome so you were a true hippie i don't know what a hippie is uh-huh. but i i'm definitely a deadhead Okay, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Which maybe is a kind of hippie, but it's a big it's a big umbrella term, I guess. Yeah. What's the relationship between Deadheads and Harley Davidsons? Uh, I probably because the Hell's Angels were like uh, security at a lot of shows, mm-hmm. and uh, the, a lot of them rode Harleys mm-hmm. or motorcycles. Interesting. Uh, did you ever ride motorcycles? Yeah. Yeah. I, my middle name's Harley, so I've been around motorcycles like my whole life. Oh yeah, so was your dad a dad? No. Okay, so what, the Harley was just like the, the bikes or? Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. And it, he, that's like, it's, it's, that's a whole nother culture unto its own. Like it's got like bike shows where all these like crusty dudes with beards go and meet and they show off their bikes and um, yeah, it's like a whole whole thing. Nice. When did you leave home to do that? To to go out on that on tour. tour uh, or I think ride I, bikes. I was like eight, seventeen, and eighteen. Wow, pretty young. Yeah, that's cool. That's a good school of life. Instead of going to college, you go to Deadhead tour. I even had the choice to go to college. Uh huh. Well, there was like a, a my grandfather had left money for the kids on in our family mm-hmm. and was essentially you could have the money but it was only to go to school mm-hmm. and uh, I I chose not to so did the money sit or did you use it for going on tour? I didn't get it oh you never got it no you could because I didn't to go me? to school oh so if you don't go to school then your kid gets it or something is that a rule uh maybe uh, I don't know what's that's in cool. the... you don't have to like save up for your kid now <laughs> Maybe, but maybe not. I have no idea. Or maybe your brother or sister are the ones who get it. <laughs> so before you left home, um, your dad, he's an architect, right? Mm-hmm. And he builds motorcycles and he like, makes tools and uh, all kinds of stuff. So he's a very creative person. Very. How did that influence you? Uh, a lot, but not in the way that you would think. He's not a painter. or a, He doesn't even really draw. He mm-hmm. does draw, but it's more like... Technical drawings. Technical. Yeah, but he's really creative. Like he, he, uh, he, he makes a lot of stuff. That's awesome. Did he help you design this house? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. That's so. That's super nice that your dad could help you build your your home. Yeah, it's crazy. How how long ago did you build this? I remember when we were in Italy, you were in construction, right? I just bought the property. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just a little bit before that. So it's what, like 2012, 2013, this place was Riley? So it was... it's, it's a year older than my dog, and my dog's six, so I guess it's seven years. Okay. How is it living on top of a mountain? 
Uh, like, is it like isolated? Is it relaxing? Both. Uh-huh. <laughs> what, what, what do you get more? Calm or crazy? <laughs> um, calm. Okay. For myself. But I'm used to like, like being in the cut and far away from stuff. Okay. Yeah, because I grew up in the mountains too. So it's, I grew up even further away from s stuff than this is. So you don't enjoy the city? It's not that I don't enjoy the city. I just enjoy certain cities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you enjoy Denver? Not so much. How come? Uh, I don't know. I just, I don't know. As a person who's grown up in Colorado and seen it through your, for many years, you've seen it develop and change. Yeah. What's your perspective on it all, especially as an artist? It's awesome and it sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me about both sides. If, if I, uh, it's awesome because like a lot of cool people are moving here. And like I met my fiance because she moved from another state. You know, it's, it's, I can't, there's, there's things that you can't deny that are really cool that happen because of people moving here. But then at the same time, there's, there's a lot of people that move here that are not so aligned with yourself yeah uh-huh yeah fair enough yeah. i guess that's the situation in every city and as scenes grow there's positive negative things about every yeah. scene yeah 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 well i like visiting colorado i come for like a week or two tops a year get my little colorado Fix. action and just yeah. dip out yeah <laughs> it trips me out because it, when i go to denver like i'll go anywhere and people recognize me oh yeah and that shit does not happen to me in like montreal where i live yeah it's i remember when we were hanging out and someone you posted just a little snap of the building that we were painting not even the number of the address or anything and like 10 people came to talk to you uh -huh. and i was like why how does that happen? Know, and weird. you were asking them, how did you find me? Oh, I just knew where to look because of the buildings in the background. Uh -huh. Well, that's Denver that's and, and, <laughs> and, and Colorado in general. Is that scene where like my art is relevant, where in other places I might have like fans sprinkled around. You but don't it's... feel like it is that way for you at all in Canada? Not in Montreal. Montreal is the only you know what visionary art is. But it's... why would it make a difference? What like kind Montreal's kind of kinda like always being cool and everyone's just doing their thing and have there's the people, a ton of artists there there's though, right? tons of artists but no he's like oh it's that artist wow it's kind of like oh yeah you're an artist you're an artist you're an artist hey you know i respect you i so know it's you, more low-key yeah it's chill like you know like no he's gonna fan out on you or you know I never make events in my own city. It's just kind of like I'll go to a park and be like, hey, he wants to paint in me in the park. That's as much as I do. And it's chill. Yeah. But that's like, kind of cool, though. Yeah. I, that's, I prefer that. Less hype is kind of nice, right? I wouldn't want to live in a place where people are treating me like I'm uh, famous or better than anyone else. That yeah. shit's terrible for the ego. Yeah. It's just like a weird perspective and can, it's, it's not good, you know? Like, I think it's funny when I come to Colorado. I feel like, oh, I'm so cool here. <laughs> But uh, I wouldn't want to live in that. Yeah. yeah. So going back to your, to your roots once again, because I, I, I love <laughs> your, your past and what formed, you know, the Jack of today. I also know that you grew up uh, in skateboarding and BMX culture. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about it. Like, uh, what do you do? What do you like about it? Uh, well, I found it just because, like, I think I had maybe a neighbor or something that 
bought a skateboard mm -hmm. and uh, I like took it to the skate park and I liked how like the kids, all the kids like were cool but had like bad attitudes and didn't really like me. They were the rebels? Yeah, I just like thought that that was, I don't know, I just thought they were cool. Yeah. They were like listening to punk rock and like hawking loogies and like uh -huh. being assholes and I just thought that was so cool. Hawking movies? Hawking loogies, like hawking. Oh, hawking loogies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good that whole punk rock. What about BMX? I, I never became a BMXer, but like say my, my friend Barry loves that culture and I bought a mongoose and we go Hell out yeah. cruising on it. Did you do jumps or what what was your vibe? Um I started like racing first and I think I was like eight or seven. Mm -hmm. And my dad would take me to the track and it'd just be like all these like super like sweaty, overweight people and their like kid is on the track and they're going, battle, 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 battle. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're out there just sweating your ass off and all this gear fucking uh -huh. pedaling around. This With a giant helmet? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, my dad bought me a dirt bike and it was cool to have a dirt bike, especially at 11 years old. And it had so much fucking like boots <laughs> and the hoof and the gloves and the helmet. I was like, this shit sucks. Yeah, this I got way. burnt out on racing quick. Mm -hmm. And then I just started riding bikes for fun. Yeah, just cruising around. And like I go take it to the skate park and stuff. And Okay. Yeah. Nice. And you have a little bit of collection still? A little bit. Yeah. Not like I used to. Yeah. I used to have like 20 bikes. Wow. I think last time you were here, I had like close to 20 bikes. I was quite impressed when I was <laughs> like, damn, look at all these bikes. Um, so then when did you decide you wanted to be an artist? Really young. Yeah? Yeah. Tell me about it. I think I w it was just like, honestly, I didn't even, it felt like I wasn't really a, a choice. I had like, uh, I grew up, my, my mom worked at a contemporary art center. Mm -hmm. where everyone was like painting or building something or dancing so like I think and my dad was always building shit and a lot of my parents friends were artists creativity was in the blood and in the and air. my mom would just be like oh you're an artist that's who, who you are and what you're gonna be and that's just and, and you, I was you, like okay sure yeah. and even painting someone told me that I was a painter okay like, actually a few people they're like oh yeah you're you're a painter and I was like, okay, I've never painted before, really, but... And when did it actually start? Uh, like, maybe a year or maybe less before I met you and Tori. Oh, wow. You were very fresh then, huh? Yeah, to You're painting. Yeah, you... yeah, but not to making art. You were a drawer before. Mm-hmm. You would do, like, what, Grateful Dead graphics? Or... Posters, yeah, T-shirts. Yeah. Shit like that. Drawings, the foundation. Yeah. And that workshop you did with me in Italy uh was that the first one or the second that I've been to yeah that was I that was the first one that I'd ever been to nice and since then you've taken many different workshops yeah I guess I have seems like you like you look for artists that you enjoy and then you go and try to learn from them right yeah oh yeah for sure tell me some artists that you've uh, learned under um I learned a lot from hanging out with Nomi. We, I wasn't really learning from him because we were painting together, but he like definitely showed me a lot, so I, especially about direct painting. I don't really paint that way anymore, but it was so useful. Like, What I, does that mean, direct like, painting? No, it's pretty like, it's mostly one layer. There's not many glazes. 
It's like is that al fresco or uh, oil paint? Alla prima. Alla prima. Nice. So you always did like oil? Yeah, pretty much. Because even the 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 Italy uh, workshop was oil, even though it involved egg tempera. Uh -huh. But it's like an elaborate, complicated technique of so many layers of yeah. time. And I don't use. I use something that's equally as time consuming, or maybe more now. But it, I, it's more effective. Uh huh. Because it's less layers. Um, I think it's. It might be the same amount of layers or more layers, but I just oh. think it w works better. Okay, this is the technique you learned under Van Minnen. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about uh, uh, learning from him and... Um... Uh, well, honestly, I, I, I went to two of his workshops and in those, they were each five days, I think. And in that whole time, I probably only really got about an hour of his time. Oh, wow. But the... Uh, How come he was too busy? Because there's like 20 people and they're all asking questions. And oh, okay. he, you know... This I, was where? In uh, Aspen, okay. in Colorado. Because okay, so he's right. from Colorado. Oh, cool. Yeah, he actually grew up with my cousin. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. So that's good. He was in the area. You liked his technique. Yeah. And uh, even though you didn't speak to him too much, you got to learn. I learned more in those 10 days and that little bit of time that I got from him than uh, I did the whole month in Italy, I think. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. But you already had some momentum Skills. by the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. That it, also, it, if I didn't know anything and I was going into that, I probably would have just been confusing. And Right. I remember in Italy as a drawer, you knew how to draw, but then you're like, kind of like, okay, what's the next paint, really. step, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but by the time you got to his workshop, you might've already had some momentum, especially after painting with Nomi. Oh yeah, quite a bit more, yeah. Nice, is there any other workshops that you took? Uh, did you work, uh, did you do anything with Vanessa or no? Mm -hmm. no. Uh, but I would hang out with Martina and she would like look at my work sometimes and tell me, what to work on like nice. when I was early on. So you would go to Martina Hoffman's house and pick yeah. her brain a little bit? Yeah, because I had, uh, the, actually the, the guy that I was telling you about that said I was a painter. He's like, you're a painter. That was uh, one of Bonosa's best friends. Uh -huh. And he introduced me to Robert's work way before I had uh, met them, mm -hmm. uh, like years and years ago, because he was a deadhead and he made deadhead like uh, sculptures. And uh -huh. we became really good friends. But he also he also helped Venosa sculpt that bronze sculpture that and pour it, the one you know that's in the book. Mm. In Illuminatus, there's like this tripped out looking. It's like one of his mountain people Fuck looking off. things, and it's a uh, a bronze. And that guy that I was telling you about, he uh, helped him sculpt it and cast it. Nice. So he connected you with Martina. No, no, that was really weird as Venosa died and I went over to his house and he was sitting there crying, playing guitar. Yeah. And I was like, what's going on, man? And he's like, oh, Robert's dying. And I just, I can't really swallow it. I'm Aww. just freaking out. And I was like, man, that's, I'm really sorry. And then it was really weird because like two weeks later or something, he died. What? Your friend? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, like it was what? really trippy. What happened? Uh, he had a heart attack. Ooh. Yeah. So he went to meet him, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I don't really know. Or oh, really... he went first before Renosa? No, right after. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And I was just, I don't know. I just was feeling like this, this call because Bob had told, other Bob, not Bob Venosa, my friend, told me 
you're a painter. You need to go hang out with these people. And he, was mm -hmm. he would always tell me about. So you hit up uh, Martina? No, I just showed up at her art show. Okay. It was like at a cafe in mm. Boulder. And I was like, it was too crowded. I was kind of freaking out. So I went outside and I was like looking through these like prints and she came out and just started talking to me and she's like, oh, you look familiar. Uh -huh. And I'm like, yeah, but, but I'm not, I haven't met you before. And she's like, yeah, w why do you think that is? And I was like, I was really close with Bob. And then she was, we just became friends. From nice. That. That's so cool. You went to her house a couple of times? Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of times. I love her house. Yeah. It's cool. It's like a museum. Yeah, I've only been once and she wasn't even there. Uh, Randall and Morgan took me there just to look at the paintings. But what an inspiring spot. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy for, to, especially for me to like see that there's that much work still in the possession of like him or his family because like I kind of try to even, I don't have any of my work. Yeah. Not a single piece. Wow. Well, that's a good <laughs> thing if you want to sell art. Yeah, but at the same time, like it's like kind of weird because I, I I'm like having a kid and I kind of want my kid to like have right. something like it's just trippy. Like they have so much of their stuff. And right. I like to keep my paintings. I don't have any. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's all in your power. No, no. I actually prefer it that way though. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not much of a merchandiser for myself. I can help other people merchandise, but when it comes to me, like I honestly can't, I just, I don't. But I mean, like, you could just not sell a painting. Be like, this painting's for me and just keep it for your wall. I will do that eventually. Mm -hmm. There's one that I really wanted to in this last body of work, but I, I, you can't, you know, it's already, mm -hmm. it's, it's got a place to go. Totally. Amazing. So it took you, I don't know, not a while. Actually, I think you found your technique quite fast, you know, for, to think that you, in 2012, not even a decade ago, you were trying to even figure out how to paint to now that you're killing it. I'd say that's like hugely fast and amazing. Um, so you found your technique. But I'm obsessive. That's a good thing. But that's how that happens. Right. You just fucking went at it with yeah, passion. Yeah, I don't think I'm actually very talented. I think I just work my ass off and I like don't give a fuck. Like I will put anything almost on the line to make another painting. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful thing. That's it that can and it hunger. can be. It can and it can well, be. Well, as long as you're not sacrificing your quality of life. I have before. <laughs> Once again, it's all in your power, your control, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. But there, when you're so passionate about something, sometimes it's hard to regulate that. Right. I understand. It's like a drug. Essentially. Yeah. So you're addicted. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least you admit it. <laughs> so, um, so my next question is, for you, what is more difficult to develop quality technique or to find your stylistic voice? Both are important. What's more difficult to achieve? I don't know, because they kind of like happen at the same time for me. Right. Sometimes the technique leads you to your voice too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm at a point where I experiment a lot more too, because I feel more free. It's more like dancing, you know? Right. It seems like your style is ever evolving and changing. I have to do that or else I just fucking lose my mind. Right. You get bored. Yeah. Like right now you're on like a weird fabric <laughs> tip, right? Partly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like rugs, but chopped up collage -y, then a cartoon character <laughs> on the side. It's yeah. cool. It's very interesting. Yeah. Like rugs and textiles and like, uh, 
pillows, like woven pillows. Mm -hmm. I really like that. Basically difficult shit almost to kind of like show how you master this technique. Uh, it's, Maybe uh, they're actually sure. easier than you would think. Really? Kind of. I, ju I just so don't paint that way. So <laughs> I imagine that's like even realism, it's not something. It took a while to figure out, but I was, I think there's certain things that I paint that are harder for me. Uh-huh. I'd love to learn that technique, uh, you know, we're so busy in our life, it's, it's like for me when I see other artists' technique, I feel like, oh, that's a video game I've never played, yeah. and I, I'm sure I would suck at it at the beginning, but that's the challenge of like learning and achieving those levels. Yeah, you know? I think it's important to do that, like I think that really you should be as dynamic as possible because then there's no like parameters of where you can go with your with your with your voice, you can totally. fucking get pretty out there. Yeah, and, and you never know where, where you'll end up. Yeah, You yeah. might end up with something like even more special than you ever dreamed of. Oh yeah, yeah, I think that happens a lot to me. Awesome. Where I just like keep like like exploring and, and then I stumble upon something that like ch literally changes my whole life. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, so what would you say is the subject matter of your art? Can you like, um, I, I, I'm sure you can't all wrap it all into a bottle of my arts about this, but is there like a general vibe to the, something you need to say? Yeah, it's just like a, uh, a mix of the things that like influenced me growing up, like being at these like Harley shows and dad shows and like all these really eclectic creative places. And these are like a lot of the symbols that were like important to me. And then I use those symbols to tell a story about my own life through uh, those characters or subjects. Mm. It's interesting because it's not, to me at least, it's not clear because I wouldn't know how to read that code, but to you it's clear. Yeah, yeah. But that's part of why I like it is because uh, it is ambiguous and very deep in its meaning to me at the same time. Right. That's interesting. It's almost, as I said, it's like a code or a secret yeah. handshake yeah. that you got going. But it's, what's surprising is sometimes people do find those things. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and I, would, I wouldn't, there's nothing like directly that says it, which is cool. Uh-huh. Do you feel like you're leaving like Easter eggs about yourself in your paintings? Kind of. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> um, and you also lately you've been doing some like... Uh, Grateful Dead drawings to make products like patches and stuff like that, right? Not in the last year, I haven't. Oh, really? I thought I saw recently that you'd done some Grateful Dead I did Dead for stuff. a long time. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that, I'm like, I think that that's like a, if you like Grateful Dead music, that's such an amazing thing to have as an artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so much support there. Mm-hmm, totally. It's a huge community. It's crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> like, a, a lot of my clients are deadheads. The last two <laughs> clients I had in Tennessee and before in Oregon were like huge deadheads. And yeah. I, I'm not a deadhead, but I appreciate the dead. And as I said before, I love the deadheads. They're awesome. And they're so fun. And I, I love painting them like bolts and shit. And they're like, <laughs> fuck yeah. You know, it's such a great, great vibe. Yeah. And um, now I've brought my... my fiance into that too which is cool like she never had been to a dad show or hung out with any of these people uh -huh. and for a while I was like explaining to her like you can be creative in this space and people are gonna fucking love you for it 
Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I just essentially just like pushed her and was like, nope, you're doing it. Like, here you go. <laughs> and, and, and like, see now her seeing it work, like having that happen to someone, it turns them on. Uh-huh. Beautiful. You've converted her into the cult of the dead, huh? <laughs> yeah, but also I showed her that you can have support. Mm-hmm. There can be a community that's based on love. And you can have support in, your, in, in what you're best at. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And it was her that made a patch recently, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, kind of like doing what you were doing before. Now she's the one passing on the She's the literally, <laughs> she's following it by exact footsteps in a way. Nice. Do you still make products every now and then? No. You used to have a brand called Moniker. Yeah. So you experimented a little bit with branding and products. What was your experience with it? That I don't give a shit about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you had to like, kind of like do it to know that <laughs> to it, know that it was so the wrong thing to do. Why didn't you enjoy it? Because I'm not, I am not a store. I'm not a merchandiser. Like to, for me to, uh, enable, for me to be able to contribute what is like most pure to myself, I have to just be working on one painting at a time or mm-hmm. three paintings at a time. Mm-hmm. I can't be thinking about like, Inventory and no, promotion. Dude, no, and, yeah. no, it just, it, it, I, it fragments it in this way that I can't, I can't make the best shit that I am capable of. Right. And I that understand. doesn't work for me. I understand that. I, I, as you know, I got my own brand and I, I think it's awesome to have like mm-hmm. that support is so great. Like if, if, you are in a position where you want to keep your originals and you want to be supported. That's a fucking great option. Like even for her, if she makes grateful dead art the rest of her life, she could live a great life. Mm -hmm. You know, totally. Yeah, it's, it's, it's to each their own. Of course. For me, what's helped me with the brand is getting a brand manager. Oh yeah. So basically Corey, my brand manager, who's based in Denver and I just saw this house that I guess I pay a third of the rent for <laughs> and uh, you know, and they got their team and they do like the public relations. You're lucky. Yeah, I'm lucky. That's awesome. But it took me like over a decade to find somebody to <laughs> yeah. run this situation. Yeah. But you know, I still got responsibilities. I still got to like, you know. I just want to paint like 10 to 20 paintings at a time and take six months to a year to work on them and then have a show and sell out all those paintings and then move on to the next show. And that's mm-hmm. just... So purely fine art. Yeah, all at right. this point. Can you work on 20 paintings at the same time? Um, I just did 17. How do you fit that in a studio? Um, you don't have any room. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's why you want to build a new studio yeah. soon. Yeah, I need it. Yeah, I've, I've so outgrown my space. Like it's, it's not working anymore. Right. So yeah. you're gonna build like a bar, art barn here to the side. Uh, essentially, yeah. Are those your uh, solar panels there? No, That's no, my name. neighbors. You should like you know put a little cable <laughs> in, like <laughs> plug her in. Right. Um, well, that's cool. You'll have an art barn studio. Yeah. Yeah, fun. I'm stoked about that, and I'll be able to work on like huge things. Yeah. That's proper. Right Big pain. That's awesome, man. I sometimes envy that the time to do more fine art, like, 
I don't make enough time for it. And that's like the highest expression of an artist. It's so I important. agree with, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but I do so many things, including this podcast. Like when I wanted to do this podcast, I knew it was like, it's going to rob you time. It's going to rob you money. But there's this thing in me where it's like, yeah, but I'm going to share the voices of my yeah. community. And that's how I make the world a better place, which yeah. is my biggest intention. And I think also, uh, your art speaks to like, a way broader audience than mine. Well, how do you figure? My shit's weird, dude. Yeah, there's a lot of weirdos out there. <laughs> yeah, but no, a lot less than like, our, you know, your stuff is very digestible and that's like a really, that's a good thing, you know, like. I hope so. Sometimes I feel maybe it's like too colorful no, or No, no, I think because of that, like people identify like, you know, parts of their youth and I think it's, I think it's, playful and it's cool it's awesome thanks man it's kind of like childlike i guess no so, it's awesome oh thanks sometimes <laughs> I, I i'm hard on myself too it's like oh it's too cartoony like you know when are you gonna grow up chris and do some adult art it's like but that's me you know i like to stay i don't think i don't i think it, like the subject matter almost like becomes irrelevant at one point like it's how you make your cool marks right it's like the vibe yeah yeah thank you and i like your vibe too and that's why you're my friend and i love you oh yeah i love you too man so let's talk about selling the paintings which is like a huge equation for a lot of people like some people go online and they promote themselves and find their clients that way you seem more on the route of galleries and collectors yeah so how these are two different questions you can answer them separately one how you get in with these fucking collectors, which is an equation I can figure out sometimes. And second, you know, like how you get into these big galleries. What, you know, how do you figure out that equation, which is difficult for many artists? Um, they're, well, first of all, they all know each other. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of key figures in the gallery scene that almost I won't just say, I don't, for lack of a better term, I'll say they decide what's cool. Right. And, um, they're curators, That's curators a, in a way, but no, also there's, uh, collectors that have just as much power as, as a train. Oh yeah. Because they have people look to them to see what's hot next. And like, that's, really important thing to watch and Mm -hmm. these people that put their stamp on it boom that's hot now and everyone follows right and um you have to like get the attention of the right people in a really like chill way (laughs) Right. You can't go out there and be like, hey, buy my art. <laughs> no. They hate that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is like a chicken and the egg kind of question. Who do you get in with first? The collectors yes. or the gallery? Collectors. So then why even go to the galleries after? If you already got the collectors. Because they have the power to put your shit in a museum. They have the power to connect to co- collectors all over the fucking globe who aren't just like, Hey, I want to spend 10 bucks on a print. They're like, I got, you know, these people have big budgets. Right. And a lot of people play it. We have to understand a lot of people, they play it like a market. Mm -hmm. They're putting money in because 
sometimes they want to pull it out. Right. They wanted the value and, to go up. And those aren't the people that I'm after, really. But those people are definitely a part of that that game. Right. And it's how they throw down big money as an investment, whatever the reasons may be. So once again, how's that chill way? You get in with these like rich dudes who even decide what's cool. You in the follow world. them and you like their pictures and hopefully they'll go and lo look at your stuff. And your, if your stuff is good, they will be drawn to it naturally. Mm -hmm. And if you're not an asshole, then you're, they're going to like you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I've, I've, I've seen big collectors and I just followed them and I sent him a message and I said, your collection is awesome. Mm -hmm. And now that dude is like one of my good friends and he has like tons of knowledge for me. He's been in the game forever. He's almost 60 mm -hmm. and he buys art from painters who are our age. Right. Amazing. I, a part of me wants that, and then the other part is happy with my paintings in my <laughs> living room and me. I think you do actually want that. I think it's it's a, or maybe you don't, but I think it's I think it's okay to have. I think giving fifty percent to someone that is, it's they're, they make it worth your while. It's totally fucking worth it. You talked dude. about the 50% you would have to pay the gallery. Yes. Right. I'm happy to yeah. because I work with people that have fucking something to offer to me. Right. Cause not only it's about selling a painting and you making a good amount, even though 50 is gone to the gallery, but it's also gives you more legitimacy to yes, the collectors. Then collectors go these these people have been certified by these galleries and these galleries know what's going to be hot next. Mm -hmm. And oh. even if that's all an illusion, I'm happy to play the game because I want to make badass paintings. That's mm -hmm. all I want to do. Right. So you need to afford it. Yeah. And those people help me. They're fucking awesome. I don't work like the people that um, I had a really like, I worked with a couple galleries that put a really sour taste in my mouth and i thought that perhaps that that was the way it all was but it's not dude no. there's no there's so many galleries there are fucking so there's many. some nice ones out there tons nice yes and you they want to help tell me about it who's who's these nice galleries i don't want to ask you who's the bad ones because <laughs> we don't want to bad talk anybody <laughs> or maybe we do i don't know but <laughs> sometimes i do why not? Yeah. Um, it's, open, it's open mic here. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's like, I'll say Denver is pretty lacking for mm -hmm. that type of thing. Mm -hmm. We're, we're busted as, a, as far as it, what, and like that market goes. There's right. no, I could just say that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's pretty bad. What about the good ones? The good ones? Uh, most of them are in LA and New York or in Europe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they all watch each other's shit. Uh-huh. And I, like, uh, Think Space, he, that, Andrew, he's fucking amazing. So that's the next gallery exhibiting at Think Space that when I think about it, I think of Scope in Miami, has a booth with them with the little canvases, and they're in juxtapose all the time and all the big uh, low-brow yeah. art magazines. Tell me a little bit about them. Um, well, Andrew, he, he's had it for t over 20 years mm -hmm. and he, uh, I'm pretty sure, right? Something like that. 
but he and uh, he he really he really cares. Mm-hmm. Yes, nice. he checks in with me about everything, oh. and he is as he. You have to find a gallery that is as much invested in your path as an artist as you are, mm-hmm. and beyond that, like don't waste your time with people. Right. No. Don't. You, you don't want to be just milked. You. No, you want someone that wants to see your prices grow, be, and and uh, see you succeed because it's in their best interest. Also, if they can sell out every show, they're fucking stoked too. Right. And those those are the people that can help you do that. That's awesome. When is your solo show there? June fifth. Nice. Well, I hope it does well. I hope you sell out. Thanks, man. See, that's like the dream for an artist. Not only getting a solo show, but then getting a solo show at a well-respected gallery, but then selling <laughs> yeah. out at a well-respected gallery solo show. That's kind of like the dream of the dream. So, yeah, yeah, Do you is. feel you're achieving your artistic dreams? Uh, dude, totally. Definitely. Yeah. It took a long time, and there was a lot of like feeling discouraged. I'm not going to lie. Yeah? What discouraged you on your path? Just like... Getting entangled with people that like just didn't have my best interest in mind really and it just wasted a bunch of my time mm-hmm. and didn't see like the potential in what I have to offer. Mm-hmm. Well, everything's a learning experience. Yeah. You, yeah. Learn, you know, sometimes we got to weed out those people. I'm from so happy that it happened the way it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. What's your age these days? 32, Ready to? Well, you're still young, huh? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, congrats on, on already being a successful artist at such a young age. Uh, Thanks, man. And you got a long life to come ahead of you. What are some goals in your horizon, some future? What would be your maximum si- uh, um, measure of success for yourself as an artist? I don't know. That's a really hard question. Like a museum? Um, I think that's definitely part of, part of it, but I think that's my ultimate dream. I think it goes beyond that though. For me, it goes, it, 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 that is part of that, I think. But I think for me, uh, having that notoriety and success, I think it's, I, I want to have that so I can, um, help people with it. Okay. Yeah. Like how? Like I want to have a uh, program where I have like a giant ranch essentially where kids who are like maybe like almost like a halfway house, but everything is about art and being creative. Nice. So like almost like a healing center using art as the medicine. Yeah. Beautiful. I didn't know you had that dream, man. That's awesome. So that's not only like a marker of success in your career as an artist, but also like a goal for your spiritual expression to bring some healing into the, the community and the planet. Yeah. And I think also like being an artist is kind of like a fucking selfish thing. You're like kind of in a way, you know, we're providing something, but it's also a luxury. And I don't want to be untruthful with myself about that i think that it has the power to change completely but also i think that it like 
people with dirt floors who can't get a meal art isn't really relevant to them and i understand why at least in the way that we make art you know right and i want to be able to contribute something beyond my images totally so this was one of the questions i had for you on my list here is like can art change the world yeah or at least help it Fuck yeah. Because, you know. I wouldn't invest as much time in it as I, as I do. Mm -hmm. And having that feeling of not like feeling like I wasn't doing enough, like drove me to like leave everything that I was doing and making money and, and, and paint with kids. Right. Because at one point when you do achieve that goal of helping others or the misfortunate, you're going to have to paint a little bit less. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or they'll just be painting with me. Maybe right. not. Who yeah. knows? But I do know that I've gotten a little taste of that. And it was like, it, it meant more than most of the other shit I've done. Yeah. You've taught some. Yeah. I, I volunteered in a juvenile uh, jail teaching painting. Wow. How was that? Intense. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, what happened? Uh, I heard like the craziest stories that you've probably, that you could hear, you know, from like little kids. Like I met a 14 year old who had been smoking meth for four years already what and saw fuck? both of his parents stabbed to death and all the, just the craziest shit you could ever hear. Crazy dude. Yeah. And I would just hang out with them and paint and listen to their stories. As a sensitive person, can you handle that? Sometimes it would fuck me up. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Sometimes I would leave there like fucked up off of the shit I heard. And right. I wouldn't be able to go back for like a week or two because I would have to like process all the stuff that I had heard. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I but I always would go back and like being there was so important, you know? It, it's very And all that outweighed any uncomfortable feelings that I had. Right. It had purpose. It had meaning. Yeah, and a lot, dude, honestly, a lot of the time, these kids would be like, fuck you. Why are you even here? Mm -hmm. Who's paying you? Right. And I'd be like, no, I just moved here just to do this. And they're uh -huh. like, but who's paying you? I'm like, no, no, no. I want to be here to hang out with you. Uh -huh. And there was, for the few people that I, or kids that I got through to, it was worth, you know, all of it. Beautiful, man. Well, I'm so happy to hear that you got that altruistic mission on top of you know because sometimes you know and i'm not saying that this is you sometimes we want to like be the best artist in the world so we can be like ah look everybody i've done this thing i'm successful and then we get there and it's like okay cool i won this video game but what is this all about so it's awesome that that's not your ultimate goal like to be king of your own circle or at least of your life but to actually use that power to empower others yes and i want to go down as someone who fucking worked hard well i think that's already done and done no i'm saying like that motherfucker like why why what's so great about working too hard it's not it's not about working too hard i just like I have end uh, up your life with like bony fingers. <laughs> like, I just have a, I just have goals that I feel can't be accomplished without putting those types of hours in. It's true, but there's there's importance about chilling out and taking yeah, vacations. Yeah, and I, I'm still learning that for sure. You, I blow it sometimes. 
Right. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to say yes, I am. I'm working this too. No, no, I, it's true. Yeah. Well, that balance is important. And as you know, you're about to have a human child. <laughs> yeah. And I think that human might require some time oh, yeah. and attention. Oh, yeah. That's going to change so many things. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, by the way. Thanks, man. Did you already name it? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. What is it? Ida. Ida? So it's a female. Yeah. Female human. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, what are you going to do with it? Whatever it wants. Feed it? <laughs> yeah, feed it. <laughs> of course. Clean its, its diapers. Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. And also, congratulations to be with your beloved. Thanks, uh, man. I'm, I know that you've had many ups and downs in the world of love. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I have. Tell me a little bit about it. <laughs> If you want to, you don't have to. But I know we've uh, had personal conversations where you had your just, heart broken. I think I ha- had like gone through like really heavy shit when I was a kid. And uh, a lot of the partners that I was choosing um, were like reminded me of something uh, about my upbringing. And it was like this cycle that I got stuck in and it was really turbulent. Mm-hmm. And it would, honestly, like meeting her was part of like me uh, having the things happen to me that I have in, in the last couple years with my art. Finding true love. Yeah, she's just like, t- like I, she came over the first time and was like, you're amazing. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like. I hadn't had someone like so just believe in what I'm doing so much. Mm-hmm. And it gave me the like confidence to, to, to do that and have that strength in myself. That's beautiful. Do you feel that your levels of self-love have increased in the last few years? Yeah. Yeah. Fully. <laughs> That's the most important thing, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. That's what it seems to be, right? <laughs> What, what will you do if you have a car accident and your hand fell off? Uh, paint with my teeth, ah! I guess. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Just like, I'm going to paint no matter what, Chris. <laughs> I shall stick it in my eyeball and just like. <laughs> Y'all have like a little like unicorn thing and then just go like that. Mm, the unicorn paintbrush. Cool, man. So um, other than doing your, your solo show in L.A., mm-hmm. uh, do you have any other plans for the year now that things are opening up and we finally can do more things, I guess? Yeah, I have another show in New York. And then I have uh, a show in Chicago and loosely planning something in uh, Europe. Beautiful. Do you need a whole separate batch of paintings yes. for each one of those? Yes. Can you just pop them up that quick? Uh, it takes me like two to three weeks to, to do a good, a good painting. Yeah. But these shows in, uh, in Chicago and New York, you're telling me how far into the future? Um, all these shows are usually planned out six to... 12 months. Okay, so you got tons of All the galleries, like, you're planning for, like, two years down the road a lot of the time. Okay. Nice. Cool. So you stoked? Yeah. Yeah. Yay. I'm so happy that you're living your 
most abundant, happy, meaningful, purposeful life. Thanks, Jack. man. You too. Yeah, thank you. Trying my best, you know. I was still finding a lot of things on my path, but uh, just trying to enjoy the now in whatever way it presents itself to me. Uh, would you have some final words of wisdoms to our millions of viewers that watch this show, including you guys, that you know, faithful viewers of the show? Thank you very much. Uh, just surround yourself with people that see the value in your your expression and uh, keep them close. Mm -hmm. And weed out the the ones who don't resonate with you uh or keep you can, them too you can, good learn, reminders. you can learn from them too right right it's yeah. true <laughs> but yeah try to avoid them i guess if you I, can. i've been cutting out some slack <laughs> from my situation but you know trimming yeah, the fat trimming the fat but sometimes i guess it's good to uh get those challenges it's everything has lessons right i think it's important and i think that it also like can inform you know deeper parts of your work, of your art. True, a, a true human experience. Yeah, have it all in there. Right, totally, the good and the bad. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, man. Jack, sure. <laughs> many blessings to you, yeah. and many blessings to you guys, the viewers. Thanks for tuning in once again. I hope you enjoyed this, and if you did, please press that like button, share, comment, subscribe, all that boring ass shit that I don't wanna ask you to do, but hey, I would love more people saw these beautiful talks with beautiful people, so thank you for your help and support, and I'll see you next time. Blessings, woo! Today, I am in the beautiful town of Crestone, Colorado, surrounded by the mountains and natures. And I'm in the very interesting and lovely home of Dome Moon. I've seen a fireball, I've seen a ball of light. In here, I saw a saucer that was very clear. It was moving really, uh, kind of like a firefly. And yeah, I'll never forget that, how that felt because it definitely felt very paranormal. You don't see things moving quite like that, and we mm -hmm. followed it for like 10 minutes. I mean, I have no doubt that they're out there. Um, I don't know whether they're, you know, kind or even care about us. I, I personally think that we are their experiment. I think that human beings are genetically modified by UFOs and they're just observing us, whether for fun or for any other reason. <laughs> so make sure to subscribe, like, and everything else. Big thanks and see you next week. Peace.